Welcome to Couch Chats, your go-to podcast for raw and inspiring messages from myself and other female entrepreneurs all around business and mindset. I am your host, Jess Williamson, an award-winning business and mindset coach and a serial entrepreneur having scaled four successful businesses. My purpose is to help you unleash your unique superpowers and to build the life and business of your dreams. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome back. Today, I am joined by my friend, Amanda Campionu, all the way from Brisbane. She is an absolute expert at all things product photography, and she is going to share with us today her journey in business. She is going to be sharing with us why you need to have more boundaries in business in order to actually grow, which sounds counterintuitive, but just wait, she's got some awesome nuggets in there. And of course, I couldn't have her on the podcast and not ask her her top photography tips. So she'll be sharing all of those in the episode. Let's get into it. Hey, Amanda, I am so excited to chat today. Hey, Jess, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. It's taken us a little while to get here, but I am so excited to have you on the podcast and get to share your wisdom. I think we tried the first time was in December, but here we are and it is going to be so worth it. I know you have so much to share with us, so we're going to jump into it if you're ready. I'm ready. Amazing. So if people jumped on your Instagram right now or your YouTube, they would see the incredible success that you've built. And if I may say so myself, you are like the top number one go-to expert in product photography. And it's just incredible what you've built, not only in amazing business, but just the art and the work and all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes to create these amazing images for your clients. So I'd like to rewind all the way back because we all have a starting story on what inspired you to get started and what that journey was like to getting to where you are today. Yeah. Yeah. It goes all the way back to 2017. (laughs) I was made redundant from one of my corporate jobs. And at the time I had an online blog. So I was doing like career advice and finance at the time. And I had three months of unemployment. I found it, it was really hard to get a job. And uh, in that time I was taking photos for the blog and the Instagram I kind of realized like, oh, this is fun doing this online thing. And I'd always wanted to do blogging. So blogging was kind of where it started for me. And uh, all the photos I took were really bad. Like, I think I shared some stuff on my Instagram over over time. And I look back on my old work and like cringe. Uh, (laughs) What made you decide to pick up a camera? And I would love to know what photos were you taking for a finance blog? <laughs> Honestly, it was like flat lays of like skincare products, which I think like it doesn't make sense. It honestly doesn't make sense now that I say it. <laughs> but now you're, you've carried that on and you specialize in beauty. Yeah, I, I think that's probably where my love for it started. I think I just wanted to have pretty photos for the blog. Somehow I tied it in. I don't even know how. But because I had three months off work, I was really bored. And so I I went out and bought my first camera 
I spent like a thousand dollars, which was at the time like really big for me. Cause I was like, I'm not earning any money yet. Here I am buying a thousand dollar camera. I remember the day I was so nervous to buy it. And I was with my mom. She was like, just do it. Like, just go for it. I eventually got a full-time job like three months later. And then at the time I was like, well, I don't really want to rely on someone else, like a, another employer to to pay me, I felt like being made redundant, you know, you just lose all control over your financial stability. And so while I was still working, I started to build up my business. I actually started with stock photography. This was at the time when stock photos were really popular on Instagram. You'd see like all the pretty flat lays of like stationery and pens and notebooks and coffee mugs and all that stuff. And so I was like, oh, I'll, I'll do like a stock photo membership for female entrepreneurs and it'll be really successful. And um, I bought some lights off eBay. They were like $90 for like a set of two or three lights. And they're like the really low quality lights with soft boxes. Yeah. I remember like playing around with my flat lays and I just like, I couldn't get the lighting right. Cause I was looking at all these other photographers and they always got their scenes really like bright and even in lighting and color. Obviously I know now how they did it. (laughs) I couldn't achieve that look. I didn't know how, and I didn't know how to use Photoshop. I barely knew how to use Lightroom. And I think a couple of months later, I was like, oh, I don't really like taking photos, like stock photos, like photos that I don't feel have a goal. And I just got a bit frustrated with like just trying to do flat lays and stuff because I, I, I couldn't get the lighting right. And I was following some bloggers in Europe. So like, I think blogging was a lot bigger in Europe and they would be taking like these really pretty photos of themselves, like with these pretty props and they'd have a product to showcase. And I was like, that looks really fun. That looks like a really cool job. I mean, to be able to do that, I would need to have like a big following. I'd have to have heaps of followers to be able to work with these kinds of brands. And for a while there, I like, you know, I was in engagement groups. It was just so hard and there's a lot of work to try and maintain engagement and build a following. I don't even think I cracked over a thousand followers. And so I was like, oh, well, if I want to work with brands, why don't I do like product photography because by booking brands, it doesn't rely on me having a following. I just want to break that down for a moment because I think a lot of people have goals and they get so stuck or fixated on this is the vision I had for my goal to, you know, let's say be a blogger and I need a million followers. And that is the only way to do what I love. But what you did was you dissected what my main goal is to work with these brands and how that looks can be so different. And I think that is such an incredible lesson that I just wanted to really point out because so many people do just get fixated on what this goal has to look like packaged up with a nice neat bow, but you took that back and now you've just run with it and created this incredible business around that core of, Hey, I want to work with really cool brands spot on. And I just started reaching out to skincare brands and like I posted in Facebook groups to do like free collabs. And yeah, that's kind of how like my product photography started. And it was like a whole weight lifted off because like, oh, like if you focus on what you love doing, the following and the money will follow with you. If you just, if you're passionate about 
your job and yes. whatever it is you're doing. <laughs> I've learned that now. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for sharing that because yeah, people are oftentimes, you know, we see success online. We're like, oh, they're making a ton of money. I want to make a ton of money. And then the whole mindset or the energy around it is like, I need money or I need followers and we lose the fun. And I think the whole point of life and running your own business is to have fun with it. And like you said, the money comes, the success comes, the followers come because people want to be part of something that feels fun. Yeah. Oh, you said it so well. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Since then, you've obviously built up such a successful business. You know, you really found your niche and your expertise. And now you've launched your course and helping other photographers really master their craft as well, which is really, really cool that you can share all of those learnings with everyone. So what made you decide to start your course? Firstly, I was getting like heaps of questions from people about everything in photography, like how to do certain things and like where to buy like certain props and all that stuff. That was kind of a bit of a motivator where it's like, oh, there are so many people who wanted answers to things. And I think as you go on in your professional journey, you know, there are certain things that you don't necessarily want to give away for free. Like when you've worked hard, you've spent money and time to learn certain things yourself. You don't want to give that out on a silver platter to the whole world. When the pandemic started, we had a bit of a quiet time. I think there was like a couple of weeks where everything had started and everyone kind of just retreated back into like their little home bubbles and nothing kind of happened, I feel, in the business world. And so I kind of took that opportunity to be like, okay, well, I kind of need to diversify my income. Again, I, I can't just rely on one-on-one work to grow my business. And, you know, it's creating multiple revenue streams, always a smart business move. I think that was part of the reason I started it as well was just to have another income stream that I could rely on financially. And yeah, it just seemed like a good time to build it. Like during the pandemic, I think we were, we'd just gone into lockdown and yeah, over, I think three to four months, I just started building the course and launched it in June, 2020. But yeah, I think the main reason is I wanted to diversify my income. And I think to diversify your income over time, I think is a really good move. Absolutely. And I think what you said about not wanting to, you know, share all this for free, I think there's a huge thing about that in, you know, if you were to share it all for free, the thing is the people wouldn't get as much out of it because when people pay, they are more committed to actually taking action, implementing, and they're really serious about creating some success from the course as well. So in a way, it's not only helping you and paying yourself for all the challenges and everything that you had to face and invest in yourself to get there, but it's also going to create more results for the people going through your course as well. I'm like that too. Like if I get something for free, I'm not really going to take much action on it. I'm not really going to value it as highly as if I actually pay for something. So I'm like that as a consumer. So, I mean, if I'm like that, there must be heaps of other people who think the same and you just don't value free content as much as if you invest your time and your money into something. Yeah, because there's no risk versus reward. You know, there's, it's like, well, if I don't watch it and don't action it, then 
no loss to me. But if you've paid, you know, hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars on something, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I better watch this. I better action it and I better make my money worth it. So exactly. Yeah. hope you're loving today's episode and while we're here I wanted to let you know about my free resources and lessons that I've created to help you have more success and abundance in your life and your business. I am often updating these resources so there's new ones at different times but I'm giving away so much value in these trainings and did I mention they are free so click the link in the show notes or you can head on over to my website jessicawilliamson.com.au and click on free resources. Let's jump back into today's episode. So I wanted to chat now about burnout and business. And I know that you've shared this on your social media, possibly on your YouTube as well around, you know, the fast success and the skyrocketing growth that you had around brands, just begging you to work with them, which is incredible place to be in. But also the other side of that was that you've shared about burnout and how you've had to shift through that. So I'd love to know what kind of steps did you take around boundaries? And I know you've shifted your pricing and all sorts of things. So when it comes to burnout, what were some of the things you implemented into your life and your business? Yeah, one of the first things was definitely looking at our pricing. So one of the reasons that we were so busy is because at the time I had packages for product photography. So like set packages, like five photo package, 10 photo package, set prices. I didn't adjust them based on the project. That was my pricing structure. And so when someone would inquire, send them a PDF with like our services guide and all the packages. And so many people would go for like the five photo package because at the time I was charging $200 for five photos, which when I look back on that now, for me, it's just so low, especially in the commercial photography world. It's silly of me to do like. Yeah. And then there's only so much of you to go around. So it's like you either burn yourself to death or you make a really small cap on your income, right? Yeah, exactly. To get to a thousand dollars, you'd have to spend what two, four, six, eight, you have to get booked five clients. Whereas now I can book one client and make a thousand dollars. And so, yeah, everyone was choosing like that low package. And even to do five photos for a brand is still a lot of work to mentally shift your creativity from brand to brand and have a whole new setup for each brand. I think I was doing like 20 to 25 photo shoots a month, which is like five photo shoots or more a week, which is too much work. I don't feel like you can give your best to your clients when you have that much work on and you don't have space and time to relax or like to socialize or to even work on your own creative personal projects. And I think that went on for like six months. And so even with Alistair, like we were working seven days a week. Sometimes we were, we'd have to work at night because there was just too much work on. And we realized that we didn't enjoy it. (laughs) I stopped enjoying product photography. Yeah. And that's a problem when it's a creative job. (laughs) You start to feel like it's a chore and it was started November in 2020. 
and I was about to go on holiday to Hamilton Island. And the week before I had like six back-to-back shoots, like six days. And the very last shoot, we were up until about 2am and I was just like dead. (laughs) I think I went home and cried because I was so exhausted and I was so desperate for a break. And of course, when you tell people you go away, they're like, oh, can I just have this before you go? Even though we were away for like five days, like it always happens. So I just don't tell people I'm going away anymore. And that was kind of the turning point that week that I was like, I want to stop this. Like I can't physically, mentally, emotionally, like continue to work like this. That was leading up to Christmas. Christmas for product photographers is a really busy time. So, so many brands kind of come to you last minute as well. And they're like, oh shit, I need like Black Friday and Christmas content, but like, can you do it for me like next week? And I didn't want to be that stressed out product photographer that Christmas working up until like Christmas Eve or something, stressing myself out all of December up until Christmas, just like, again, being desperate for a break. I didn't want that. So I just, I started saying no to like, so many people. And that's an incredible thing. So I just want to chat a little bit about the mindset of saying no. Was there any guilt or any thought of, oh, but the money, you know, because I know that quite often I work with a lot of business owners and my whole ethos is let's build a business around your lifestyle. Let's not yeah. <laughs> burn out because I've been there as well. But I totally get it. The guilt of saying no or letting people down can sometimes creep in or you're like, oh, but it's a thousand dollars. I could use that. And you're like, maybe I could squeeze it in a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Yes. (laughs) Any of those thoughts come up. I'm sure it wasn't as easy as just being like, oh, I want to have a cruisy time. So I'm going to say no. (laughs) Yeah. In a way. Yes. But I think because how I was feeling, we just had about six months of being so busy that we didn't keep up a good workout routine. We weren't able to socialize as much. And I think just having that experience over six months, I was like, I just don't care anymore. And that's when I started looking at my pricing as well to be like, okay, well, you know, I feel like my quality of work has increased and, you know, we had invested in some new gear. And obviously, you know, if too many people are saying yes to your prices, then it's a pretty good sign that you should increase them. You want people to say no. Like you want people to say you're out of my budget. You don't want everyone to say yes, because that's when you become tempted to be like, oh yeah, I can, I can squeeze you in. Like no worries. Yes. I love that as well. You know, people sometimes get so fearful of someone telling them that their prices are too expensive. Maybe 10 people will say, yep, that's great. And the one person that says, oh no, that's out of my budget. And then they start to self-doubt or they're like, oh, are my prices too expensive or (laughs) I decrease them? And then you start discounting. But I love that you were just like, I want people to say no. And that means I'm on the right path. Yeah. But I remember though, when I did start saying no, like at the very beginning, there were a couple of people who actually made me feel bad for saying no. Like it made me so upset because they were being rude to me for Mm. not wanting to take on their job anymore. And I think that it was one client who I had worked with previously, like maybe six or so months since we'd worked together. And I said, oh, I'm not doing this type of brand anymore. I just wasn't interested in doing it, you know, but how do you say to someone like, I'm not interested in this product Or like, I just, I'm sorry, but for some reason, I just don't want to do this project. Like it doesn't, 
make me excited. And maybe at the time I was, you know, I was tired and exhausted after a big year. That could have also been part of it. But yeah, oh my gosh, she had to got me. <laughs> she was really rude to me. And I was like, fuck, if this is what I get for saying no to people, like I'm just trying to live my life here and someone's attacking me personally for not wanting to take on their project. And I was like, okay, well, I'm glad I said no now to you because this is not the kind of person that I actually want to work with. So that was my first experience as well of starting to say no to people was that. I was like, I hope other people don't come at me for not wanting to take on their project. Because the main reason that I would say no is A, I just literally don't have space or B, I'm not inspired by the brand. And as a product photographer, if I'm not inspired, I'm just not going to do my best job. So it's in the interest of both myself and the brand not working with me if I say no or if I'm not inspired. But I mean, Curia Project Manager takes care of, of all that now. And that's so amazing when you can get to the point that you've now got Kiri helping you out to do that. But how did you sort of handle that situation at the time? I think I called her out on it. Like if someone's rude to me, I'm going to call you out because I used to work in a call center. And so we were taught that like if anyone would swear at you over the phone or if anyone was like personally attacking you, you were able to hang up. And so even in that kind of corporate customer service environment, I was taught to not tolerate rudeness. As soon as someone is rude to me, I most likely won't work, continue to work with them as a client because I have no energy to give to people who are rude. And it's like when you're doing something creative, our work is there to be judged. Like when you give your work to a client, they're going to judge it. They're going to be like, yes, this is awesome. Or no, can we like fix something? But some people don't know how to give constructive criticism and tell you that something's wrong or they want something changed. We don't have rude people come at us very often. I think it's been like under five people my whole product photography career that we've had like really rude people. And if you're rude to a creative, like we're going to take it personally. It plays on our feelings. (laughs) You're basically saying that our creativity is shit. (laughs) Yeah. And that's hard, even though it's a business transaction, like it's hard to not take that personally. So yeah, like usually if someone comes at us and they're being a bit snarky or they're being rude, I will call them out and be like, look, like this is the solution and I'm always nice to them back. But yeah, if someone's being rude, I'll just won't work with them anymore. Well, I'll just cut it off. (laughs) I love that. So much around boundaries you've touched on throughout this chat. And it's so powerful to have that inner trust and knowing that you can let go of these clients and you're going to have more space for the right kind of clients to come to you. You can say, no, this is my price. And you're okay with letting those ones go. And I think that comes from a deep inner trust and knowing rather than I see a lot of people with these scarcity mindsets on, oh, if I say no to them, then I'm losing a client or I'm losing this opportunity. But I love that you just had that inner confidence and inner knowing like, I'm going to be treated right and I'm going to charge what I'm worth. And this is how it's going to be. Was there any like massive mindset shifts that you had to make along your journey to step into that? Or have you always had that kind of mindset? I definitely feel like I've 
developed it over time and I still fall into little little holes of having a scarcity mindset and you know yeah when you say no to someone it's like oh you know that's a thousand dollars I could have had and this is something I try to tell my students as well especially when they have a negative experience with a client is that by saying no to someone you're saying yes to so many other amazing people that are coming are going to come through the door and I think just like based on our whole experience of incredible clients, like we love our clients. We have such amazing relationships with our clients and most of them are long-term. Most of them are repeat customers now. We love being just able to work with the same brands again and again. I just think like I've shown myself that by saying no, something else so much better comes around and says, oh, look, here's this project. Like, heck yes. You know, if it's not a heck yes, then it's obviously a no. And so I think you've really got to go with your gut on who to say yes and no to. But there's definitely been some struggles to get into an abundant mindset. And definitely my mindset's not perfect all the time in terms of like, it's always abundant. I still feel like I have a scarcity mindset, especially with money. And it's mainly the way that I grew up. So like, you know, my parents always told me like, school your money away, like save it all and don't spend anything. And so that really affected the way that I deal with my money. And it took me a while and a lot of money mindset work to like undo that thinking to be like, oh, well, I want to spend my money. I want to invest my money like back into the business or into things I love, you know, even going out to nice dinners and stuff. Like we love food. We love food. So like food is life. I love spending money and I love earning money. And I feel like it just is a cycle. Money comes in and it goes. What would you say for someone who is starting out in business or they're coming up and they're looking to really step into that next level, what would your number one tip or like quote or affirmation be around the level up? A quote that I've always loved is where your attention goes, energy flows and results show. I love that quote because obviously what you give your attention to is important. And I try to not say now, oh, I don't have time for that. I say to myself, well, that's not a priority because if it were a priority, well, I would have time for that. So I never say that to myself anymore because I have time, but I choose where that time is spent and what I prioritize. So I get like told a lot, like, oh, how do you do like, you know, your product photography and like your course and YouTube and all this stuff. I'm just like, I'm just really good at time management. (laughs) I'm just like good at putting my attention to things that are important to me and I'm good at switching that attention throughout the day and throughout the week and making sure that you know I have a lot of things planned so like that's a quote I love but I also would recommend to to read I read mostly business books like self-development like money mindset and I try and read every day I'm trying to read about three books a month at the moment with every book that I read I take away something And I see that change come into some area of my life. You know, instead of spending time scrolling on social media, like, I I mean, I love my TikTok. Look, I spend a bit of time on TikTok. (laughs) It's addictive. But I try not to do it too much. And, you know, if I have time to scroll on social media, I have time to read and to educate myself and to learn from other people. And sometimes you don't necessarily feel like consuming 
self-help books and business education and things like that. But I think it can be a really great way to start your day by reading something that is going to impact you in a positive way. One of my favorite books is Atomic Habits by James Clear. Yeah. Have you read that? No, I haven't read it yet. I bought it for my dad for Christmas, but I haven't read it yet. A lot of it's kind of self-explanatory, but I would say it's one of the best business books I've read because everything that we do forms around our habits and our systems. Success comes from how our habits are, like what habits we have. And so I read that book at the beginning of this year. I powered through it. It helps you to form really good systems so that you can achieve the things that you want. So instead of, yeah, scrolling on social media all the time, pick up a book and read it. I love that. Amazing. So I couldn't have you on the podcast without sharing a few final tips on photos. So whether that's why we need good photos, I mean, the number one thing that I did in my product-based business was invest in photos. So I get the reason, but I'd love to hear your tips on why businesses probably need really great photos or tips around photography, your choice. Yeah, we could do both. I mean, as a consumer myself, if I come across a business where their products aren't represented in a really, you know, high quality way, I'm most likely just not going to buy because I can see, you know, why should I invest in a business that hasn't invested in themselves? I totally get that budget can be tight when you start a product-based business. Like I, I know how much money is required upfront to start a product-based business. Like it's a lot. But I feel like if you're going to start a product-based business, you have to account for your marketing to actually get it started. Yeah. I think I spent like over $2,000 plus I flew all the way to Melbourne for my very first shoot. Wow. Because <laughs> there was a specific photographer there and I was like, I need this because if people can't touch and feel my item in a store, then the photos are what tells them, is it good quality or not? And everyone wants to shop online, right? So how do you get across the point to your customer that like, my product's really good. Like my product has high quality fabric or high quality ingredients and sure you can write something on your website or, you know, yeah, tell people in a paragraph that people are attracted to pictures and videos. They're going to see a picture first instead of read something because it's easier and they will judge your business off of your content. So if your content is not good quality, well, they're most likely not even going to read anything about your product. And so you've already lost them as a customer. That's why content's so important. And there's a lot of brands out there that do the same thing. (laughs) So the brand that is willing to invest in their marketing and their content and their branding branding I think is also so important like the way that you develop your brand like your your color palette your your brand personality and actually working on your brand identity I think is something that a lot of people don't invest in either the person who does that is going to have such a better advantage over the person who doesn't so if you're not doing that you're probably not going to find success in your business and that's the main reason why a hundred percent I agree with everything you just said (laughs) yeah and even like when small 
businesses come to us, many of them don't have a, a very solid like brand identity. And when we want to work with someone, it really helps us when we have a very clear idea of what the brand is. Like when you look at a website or a brand, you can tell that they've actually worked on their brand identity. Like, you know, they might have a whole branding guide, like a PDF that actually explains what their brand's about, their font, their logo, their color palette, how they want their product photography to be, like things like that. That makes our job so much easier as a photographer, because we're like, cool, yeah, I can clearly see your vision. I can clearly see your brand. It makes our job so much easier. When a brand owner isn't clear themselves on their own brand and they haven't put effort into their brand identity, that will translate into the photos that are created. Because say we create something for them, they may not like it because they're not clear on what they want, because they haven't done the work prior on their brand identity and exactly who they're targeting and what their mission is and who they're here to serve. So that's something I think is really important too for brands to do is before you invest in product or in content, be super clear on your brand and how you want that to be represented. Yes. Amazing. So give us your final photo tip. So photo tip is always have good lighting whether it's like natural light. So, you know, if you want something soft, you shoot like in the morning. If you want something like warm and contrasted, like shadowy, you would like shoot in the like afternoon afternoon light to get that kind of afternoon glow or invest in like studio artificial lighting. But lighting is everything when it comes to product photography. Mm, so many great tips. I think we've just covered so much in here. I knew that having you on, you just have so much to share. And I mean, you already share so much on your YouTube and Instagram. So let everyone know where they can find you and just be in your amazing energy and expertise. Yeah. I mean, all my social platforms are just my name. So Amanda Campiano. YouTube is probably like the best place if you want more like in-depth education on product photography and business. I am on TikTok. I'm trying to be consistent with TikTok, (laughs) but yeah, Instagram. And then, yeah, if you want to learn more about being a product photographer and actually build a career in it, then my course, Become a Brand Photographer is the best place to be. Amazing. Well, I will put all the links in the show notes so everyone can just click on over. But thank you so much for hanging out with me this morning and cannot wait to hang out in person one day soon. Yes. Thank you so much, Jess. It's been so fun chatting. Awesome. Thanks, Amanda. Have an amazing week. You too. See ya.